0: that is the Gold Cup hero. Two of the
1: most admirable chasers you could possibly wish to see. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Race Hour podcast brought to you with our friends at bookmakers.co.uk. Joining me this week, Dermot Nolan is here. Hello Dino. How are you? All good man, all good. Good, yeah, we're in the lockdown towers of our own homes of course. I nearly forgot to say that in the intro, that would have been a huge mistake. Um, (laughs) And uh, Paddy Asper is here. Paddy, how
0: are you? How are you lads, good to be back.
1: Yeah, good man. Um, Now we were treated to some fascinating racing um over the last seven days uh obviously all kicked off at newbury on friday and went through the hennessy meeting and on to uh, some wonderful stuff at fairy house so we've lots of um, horses to talk about in the review and in traditional uh, race hour fashion we will of course then take a break and take a look at Aintree and Sandown and a bit of Punchestown uh, to come this weekend. So thank you everyone for joining us, uh, Paddy, Dermo and myself and uh, we're going to kick off I think with Friday at Newbie where I think on the podcast chaps we, we kind of did pretty well here. We managed obviously the highlight of that day I think was the seeing the stayer's hurdle and um, contenders go at each other in what was probably one of the most competitive races of the season so far in terms of pecking order, sorting out, and seeing where everyone is. And Paisley Park was back, but Time Hill came out on top with Paisley Park in second and a fabulous third. Uh, did we see the Stairs Hurdle winner there, Paddy?
0: Well, it's hard to know. You were very keen on him, uh, Dino, so hats off mm. to you. Um, I think he was almost kind of, I won't say the forgotten horse, but you know because the Hobsey team have been a little bit slow to get into gear, he probably had got under the radar ever so slightly, but travelled by far the best horse, travel far better than Paisley Park. I mean, yeah. one thing he did was find for pressure was Paisley Park. I think he's a far better horse if, he, if he's not hitting the front. He he, he runs a far truer and a straightforward race. But, you know, he went down fighting by a length and a half. But, you know, he, he did have to give Time Hill three pounds, but I don't think that was the difference. I think, obviously, it just didn't work out really. because How many times did he jump fences Time Hill? Never did it. Have they not popped him over a fence?
1: No, because they they kind of took the view that there's some of the other ones from the Albert Bartlett would be heading fences like Monkhouse. Sorry, Monkfish. We've seen uh, go out this week. Uh, latest exhibition has gone jumping. Uh, Fury Road can't be far away from from that. And they've just decided to to aim at this stairs division, especially with the doubts over Paisley. So yeah, that's why.
0: Yeah, no fair shout then, but oh no, that was a good effort because I mean he is still only a six year old. Time Hill, but. Mm. He got the job done quite nicely. I thought Mac McFabulous ran his race without ever actually looking like he was going to win. Um, it was a good race. I enjoyed it now, to be honest. I mean, I was very, very surprised that they stood at the tapes for as long as they did. Uh, yeah, that was strange. You know, but I, I think by the time they passed the winning post first time, they actually got rolling and it turned out to be a reasonable race. And there was one or two you could say didn't show up, Sam Spinner and uh, Les mm. Nagar Oscar was, was disappointing, but take absolutely nothing away from the winner.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think you have to be very impressed with the runs of the front two. And I'm sure connections of Paisley Park, Dermot will be uh, licking their lips at the thought of a rematch because you know they were on a fat-finding mission to a degree with Paisley coming back after the problems from the stayers of last year. And um, I think they got most of their questions answered, even if they didn't come out on top.
2: Uh, yeah, but I think there's far more upside with uh with Time Hill still, um, I mean, Paisley Park, we we got that old line from the uh, connections that they were much happier this year than they were last year. But they made no sound before Cheltenham last year that anything was wrong. So yeah. like, it's kind of very hard to to gauge that. There's no doubt the horse had an issue on the day in the stayer's hurdle. Uh, can be forgiven that. This was a huge run. But in my opinion, Paisley Park was right going into the day uh time hill was was obviously right as well but he should come on an awful lot for that he also looked just far more straightforward than he did last season um he he kind of he just had a funny old way about him last he 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 looks like he's grown up a bit and uh that was a serious performance and all of a sudden we're kind of looking at a stairs hurdle division which is quite hot I, i i mean fury road he's staying over hurdles for the season uh Ronald Pump, who we we'll get on to in a bit, that was a massive run behind Honeysuckle and it is possible that whilst he was second last year in the stairs, Ronald Pump was kind of ridden to place a bit that day and maybe giving him a bit more of an aggressive ride could uh, could get him closer. So whilst Time Hill leads the way really now and has to, um, the division overall looks very warm. Yeah, it's, it's shaping up to
1: be far stronger than even perhaps Philip Hobbs thought when he decided to... To push time hill that way this season although he has got his horse out in the toughest race so far and got it to win so he'll be he'll be very much looking forward to the rest of this term and they're getting the odd winner with the odd odd run going on at the hobbs yard still so um you know they'll be very hopeful be interesting to see how far time hill can go for me uh i think i highlighted before that i think it's the right one to be on for the status, and that's only vindicated now so fingers crossed they keep going well uh paddy you were keen on caribbean boy being uh, thrown into the mix in that small um Field for the Berkshire, and it uh, came out on top against Fiddler on the Roof. And Fiddler on the Roof now is um, is, is giving me the feels of you know, maybe a, a grade two, certainly grade one looks slightly um, too much for him at these kind of trips. He might have to go right up and trip to uh, to be competitive against some of these 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 types.
0: Uh, I think you know he he was just the dark horse Caribbean boy, wasn't he? And mm. I did always think he could be could be the the the, the one to throw the spanner in the works, but. I mean, the other day he was just poetry in motion, wasn't he? I mean, look, I don't think it was his fault that he, he'd ran on very bad ground and he'd won on it. And I think maybe he'd been pigeonholed as, um, you know, just a bit of a slogger. But like the other day, he had plenty of pace and his jumping, you know, he it was just lovely to watch. And I just think he had Fiddler in the roof in top gear from a long way out. And I don't yeah. think he did much wrong, with the Tizard's horse, but he was made to look a little bit slow the other day um i do think that that nicky's got a real nice one here in Caribbean boy i don't know why they've uh, he, the, he's not been able to to turn up as 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 often as as maybe some others but you know hopefully he can stay sound because you know he, he i think he, he's a proper bit of kit and for a horse that's mm-hmm. rising 7 year old very very low mileage and you know dar jacob looked like he got a real kick out of riding him the other day yeah, for sure, would agree with that. Um, Derma, I'll let you uh, maybe throw a
1: comment on that race. But there was a couple of nice um, younger hurdlers on show as well. And Braze Man Game, who looked super impressive, um, winning the novice hurdle there. And My Drogo, who came home in front for the Skeltons in in the maiden hurdle on the same card.
2: Yeah, they're all nice horses. Just kind of hard to know where they where they'll fit in over the whole yeah. title of the season. My drogo did everything that was asked of him, and the uh the skeletons are in they're in really rude form, aren't they? And um, they're they're just really motoring brilliantly this season as they always do. He's a brilliant brilliant trainer, and and just yeah on on Caribbean boy it was a great shot by shot by Paddy, and I we kind of said that in the podcast. Uh, I think we were a split that um that 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 obviously that uh, Tizard horse was just he needs further. It's as simple as that. And it was a brilliant bit of placing because that was the very last day that Caribbean boy could run. In get the get in obvious, yeah. so that yeah. was absolutely brilliant placement. But yeah, uh, interesting to see where Caribbean boy goes afterwards. But the uh, the that horse just kind of mightn't be up to what, what maybe we had thought he was maybe as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'd probably give Fiddler one more chance at three more and see whether, you know, that's yeah, going to play fair, yeah. strengths. You would imagine it would um, but with the, with the Tizard camp you know they've they've gone they've gone pretty hard at him already early season at shorter trips so he's getting plenty of experience anyway for when the chips are down in one of these longer races he might actually be a price in something so i wouldn't completely rule him out hill 16 was a good winner on the card that we all fancied to go and do the job as well for the twist and davis camp did get it done uh, in the final race and then i guess we'll stick with the uk and um, on saturday and uh, I might come straight to, to the big one there with the Hennessy, with Cloth Cap, Dermo um, taking full advantage of a, of a featherweight and a very um, balls of steel ride as well from from the jockey Scootermore
2: getting him home
1: uh, and staying in front from the flagpole.
2: What a ride it was! I mean, mm. to, to, to to just to have that balls, as you said, to do it. But even just the the key fences that he had to jump, well, he really threw them into them, and it just meant that Clock Cap. Was building up this, this beautiful, unassailable lead. And obviously, none of us were on, but you know, when you're on a horse like that, they just kind of keep kicking, and it's just a great sight. And uh, Clock Cap was brilliant. Whether he wins a race or not again, that really doesn't matter. But if the, the weight might matter too much with him if he can get into a rhythm like that, you know, um, horses like that can, can, can win an awful lot of races. But definitely the, the two that yourself and Stephen Cass fancy, the uh, conditional ran a mighty race. And um, I write as well, but I write would have been more straightforward on the day than the conditional probably was. so you can definitely see a reason why the conditional should kick on for that. I'm not sure we saw any gold cup horses in it. Uh, Copperhead went down like a light there's definitely something wrong there um and one to watch back afterwards is the one I fancy a secret investor. Uh, the ground that he makes up after making he nearly hit every fence wrong and if you get him back on a different track uh, there's definitely more races in him brilliant race to watch very interesting but the only one that I'd really be taking out long term is the conditional whilst I write could probably win something like a Welsh or Scottish National or something but uh, the conditional is the one that if there is a horse that could kick on and maybe win a grade two or the you know the the, the that, that kind of warm up race at Cheltenham it is the mm. conditional he could go on to have maybe like a, a definitely red type career which will be a brilliant career you know
1: yeah, I mean, I still think they, they're going to aim pretty high with the conditional from here. Uh, I'll be trying to take advantage of that handicap mark in something um, soon enough. I think they're talking about Ascot now in a few weeks' time, um, which would make sense for for a decent pot, because just that lack of a run, and I know they need a break between races with the horse, maybe just just you know paid the price for it in the end. Although I don't think Cap was there for catching. And Paddy, a, a, a Trevor Hemmings horse who goes and wins... Um, yeah, the old Hennessy, the elaborate trophy chase. It's always Grand National next, and they they're now going to have the right weight to probably get into something uh, with that because you know that's what Hemmings has always aimed to buy with his horses, hasn't
0: he? Yeah, I wonder markwise, where does he need to be exactly? Um, I mean, he won that the other day. Um, he's way too low to uh, to get in currently, but yeah, he's one
1: four seven now, so you know that would that would that would be thereabouts.
0: That's sort of what John Joe was leaning to towards after it's just about his mark but i mean that was a hellish performance the other day because you know he carried i know he he did have 10 stone something that tom scudamore doesn't do too often nowadays so that was a pointer in itself but you know the enthusiasm you know he traveled around with and i mean the whole way up the straight having been on the front end forced the whole way i've never seen a horse gallop to the line and across the line as strong as that in, in in such a strong race for quite a while now i mean Ten lengths back to I right, you know, who ran an absolute screamer. But that was that was a hellish performance by by Cloth Cap. It was a pleasure to watch. He's a horse who's very good on his feet, good, strong stare. But at the same time, he's not an absolute slugger. You know, he's not short of pace. And he yeah. travelled very comfortable on the front end. And, yeah, it was a pleasure to watch that. And It was actually a first win in the race for John Joe, wasn't it? Yeah, I think I think you're right. Um,
1: yeah, I, yeah, all eyes will be Grand National now for that one. I mean, of the of the other runners in the race, Paddy Eddie you picked out. Demo mentioned I right in the conditional, and quite rightly, you know, they've run huge races to to finish behind the
0: runaway winner. But um, anything else? Well, I just think the Great Trick stable just aren't firing uh, at the minute. And to be fair, La Bagua, she was dropping out the back of the TV at one point, but she actually got into it and then made. A very, very bad mistake at the first in the straight, which literally brought her to a standstill. I mean, handicap-wise, she's eventually going to drop to a mark where she's going to win by off-default, to be honest. But I just think the stable in itself are just having an ordinary enough season. So keep an yeah. eye on her, because her turn will come now, in, in, in and I would imagine maybe back in handicaps again.
1: Yep, yeah. yep, yeah. you could well be right there. I mean, there'll be plenty of winners come out of that race when they find... Uh, you know the handicapper does what they're going to do, and they've all had races uh, to get them lined up for a big pot. We'll, I'm sure we'll see some success from in behind. Um, there was a, it was a few near misses on on the Saturday actually for previous podcast mentions. Uh, Flash the steel, you were pretty keen on Dermo and talked yourself out of. You managed to win the uh, the handicap hurdle. Next destination was a winner on that card, um, and the King of May, who I think everyone was keen on the podcast last week, just ran into uh, Zanza, who was a really nice winner in the finale on the card for Richard Johnson and philip hobbs so i mean we might talk about one other runner from the uk before we we discuss some of the great stuff that happened in ireland and that's epitant uh paddy um there was a bit of uh, madness in the race if you remember the jockey getting dumped in the hurdle at the f- at the first one and uh, Epitant had to had to maneuver a little bit but uh, aiden coleman uh, got the job done with ease in the end
0: yeah i mean look uh, at least it happened very very early in the race and I mean, once Sorayal actually had to go and make his own run. And I thought that went, you know, a reasonable enough gallop. But yeah. very, very impressed with, with Epitone. And I think probably the most thing you've got to watch, lads, is, you know, you had uh, Mick Fitz was saying, obviously he watches the school of morning, still down there with Henderson's, and, you know, says this horse jumps like a champion hurdler. And you see some of the pictures. Mm. I mean, honestly, her knees, you, you literally can't see her two front feet at a hurdle tucks them up, but is it isn't coming a millimetre higher than what she needs to. She's just fantastic, mm-hmm. so quick and so neat. And, you know, you, you could tell by Aidan Coleman's body language the other day, he was getting a real, real good feel off Epitaph from the back of the last, and I know we couldn't read very much into it, but she really did look a million dollars, and she came out at the head of the the, the the numbers when they had that that bit of a a Bob Brown Newbery the, a couple of weeks before. That's uh, right, yeah. You know, but yeah. but nonetheless, that the other day was very very exciting. I just think the the body language of of Aiden Coleman was was something that you'd have to take note of, and you know he he was very very
2: taken with her.
1: Yeah, and Dem. I mean, you can throw a blanket over the Irish one so far. So Epitant very much in the, in the box seat.
2: Yeah, she she could be kind of similar to to in a way where just that champion hurdle gets gets completely rode off. Uh, because remember when bouvardere won the year afterwards, people were still trying to take him on. It, it kind of feels yeah. similar enough with Epitant, in that we're probably not giving her the credit that a good a very good horse can win a bad race, and it does look like she she's done that in the champion hurdle she was just she was poetry emotion how she went off the price she went off I just will never figure yeah. it out uh, especially with those owners it just seems absolutely crazy that JP would let Epitone go off in a race like that but she was just she was brilliant the the race was madness but she is most certainly the the one still to beat in the champion hurdle yeah, the Irish champion's going to, yeah, maybe she'll be watching that with interest. There are at
1: least connections, will anyway, uh, to see what is likely to come out of Ireland and take her on uh, come March time. Um, let's talk about Ireland, Dermo, um, and uh, there's, a there's well, potentially a, a triumph hurdle horse at the uh, Elliott Yard with Zana
2: here. here, yeah, Dean, he was brilliant. Um, surprisingly, just excellent. And not that he was priced or as an outsider or anything, but just the money behind the Mullins horse made you think that that Mullins horse must be good. And here just dismissed him. Like he wasn't there. Um, All the Rs will still have a few uh, juveniles lying around the place that will probably come out soon. So it's definitely very hard to say categorically that, you know, this is the best juvenile this season, but so far of all the horses, here sets a very clear standard. Um, Mm. I still like Coke, but, what here did was just absolutely brilliant. And uh, he is so far the, the the one to beat in that division team.
1: Yeah, potentially so. I mean, Christmas is going to sort a few of these out, like the so Spring Juvenile and stuff like that will be uh, will be run uh, still to come in, in the spring, obviously. And those kind of races, will we'll sort them out. But it's good that there are some nice horses lining up for it. Paddy, I wanted to ask you about Monkfish. I don't know if you saw Monkfish's uh, Beginners Chase debut at Fairy House on Saturday. Um, Kind of perfect stuff.
0: Yeah it certainly was I mean I'll, he's not a horse I've taken visually an awful lot of notice of so mm. far but we've got a good chance of watching him going down to the start and that the other day I mean he's a giant Disney monkfish mm. I mean I know he went off short 1-3 to three and he was a little bit left at times but I just think he was so much in, in Paul Townhead's hands he was just he was able to afford the luxury of just able to steer him a little bit left to correct him at one or two of his fences but thought he was very very good on his feet and yeah, he's an absolute monster. It was a great start. Absolutely faultless, to be honest, and um, interesting to see where he goes now. But that was that was um, certainly a really good start for Connections.
1: Yeah, and you'd imagine for an Albert Butler winner where that form of that race just looks uh, amazing so far that they'll be thinking RSA and, and beyond with Monkfish. And they've got another good one in those famous colours, of course. Um, what about Bally Adam um, winning the Royal Bond? I mean, the race um, perhaps didn't have... I don't know if this is fair, but maybe the luster and, and a big field in, in previous years that maybe we'll get. There were seven and Golo was eye-catching enough in the back and Castmates run well for the meads, but Bally Adam came home in front and still looks a bit of a shell to me, Paddy. I think there's there's probably plenty more to come from this once it gets the hang of things properly.
0: Yeah, I suppose, look, maybe on the day, visually, he was he looked a, t- a tad workman-like, but, you know, he's still only a five-year-old, Bally Adam. Uh, it's early days for him, but, you know, all he could do was, was, was win, I think, you know, a cast mate who sets a reasonably good standard. You know, he was only a length and a half behind him, so it's pretty solid form. And I mean, I think yeah. people, obviously you could straight away go down the road and say Angola needs to step up and trip. I'm not so sure. You know, I just thought he he hit traffic the other day, he, and they just at the business end, they just got away on him, and he's had to come round horses. And yeah, he did flash home like a horse is going to stay further, but. I just think it was the way that the race was run and and, and the route through he had on the day just didn't go his way, but still a very very solid run by Angolo. And you know, it was six lengths back to the fourth. So I think form wise, I, although visually the, the the winner, as I said, was a was a tad workman. Like I don't think it's too shabby.
1: Yep, yep. I mean, there's plenty of uh, talk around. I think Tony Calvin's keen on Angolo for uh, something like the Supreme on the basis that. You know, the big old hill at Cheltenham and not that Fairy House is an easy finish. Uh, the big old hill at Cheltenham is, is gonna suit a horse like that. What did you make of uh, Bally Adam, Cast and Golo in that Rural Bond demo? I
2: thought I thought he was very good. Um I'm mean, just off the phone to Keith Dunho and that article will be up later on today, and he said he actually rode in the race and he said that the the the, the pace was poor. So he said well it ended up he said if that horse had a, if Bally Adam had managed to win by further than that it actually would have been a monstrous performance because uh, right. he had to quicken off what what, what was nothing really. And the, the the likes of castmate was was very well positioned. So he said what Bally Adam actually did in the day, you can mark up, he will improve as the season goes on. And just as far as the Supreme goes at this moment, he's he's a leading light and he deserves to be.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, I must give you a shout out demo for a court made in the Porter's town because um it won like it had a little bit in hand in the end.
2: <laughs> won, won very nicely, and I think all our listeners at home will understand. There's, there's nothing better as a punter when you're watching a race like that, and you just you you keep seeing your horse in in sixth or seventh, and just David Mullins was you know he was taking a pole for out. He he was really trying to hold on to her. Um, she's she's a super mare. She's up to 152 now. So the Irish National, while still in her reckoning, she, she, yeah. she's high enough now f- for that. But as, um, as Tom Mullen said after the race, because the Irish National wasn't on, that a lot of that money went to this handicap. So, so that handicap was really valuable to win. So, you know, they weren't going to wait around for the Irish National. It made perfect yeah. sense to kind of to go for this. But as much as I would back her if she goes for the Irish National, I think she'd be an absolute sight in, in that four-miler. Yeah, um, like the the horses are kind of running that. Like you're talking Galvin's the favourite at the moment. And I don't think she's that far behind Galvin. And, you know, Galvin didn't win a handicap chase off a similar mark than what Court Maid just did by 13 lengths, beating Brace Yourself, who was really well back in the day and ran a huge race. So Court Maid, she, she will have to step into grade one company. Uh, I think they were talking about that maybe at Limerick at uh, Christmas. And if she wins, that's the out of the reckoning. And I think she could be a dark one for a four-miler because she just travels. The further she went, the, the better she got. And a race like the four-miler where David Mullins could kind of put her, or not David Mullins, sorry, obviously uh, an amateur, whoever, uh, the likes of Derek O'Connor or somebody, could kind of put her to sleep and kind of bring her into it. I think she'd be absolutely perfect for it.
1: Okay. Um, I thought Captain CJ ran a nice race in there as well. I think there's going to be plenty to come out of that. I mean, obviously they've got to go for marathons and there's not that big a program for them, but these types of horses, I thought Captain CJ ran really well uh, back in third, but it was a huge performance from court made. Uh, Paddy, I mean, I'll let you start with the beast that is Envoy Allen in the Drinmore. Um Sadly, we only got you know a few runners in the race because everybody runs scared of this animal, but um seems to do everything so easy and you know with the the way those camera angles were at ferry House because of the uh the, the fog and all that kind of stuff and they have these these roving cameras and um, when you see envoy allen change gear it's pretty impressive stuff like to see it at that kind of angle
0: yeah that's that's one thing i've got to take my hat off to the to the irish guys over there recently i mean the camera shots that we're getting are just different gravy to what we have over here. Um, you know, and especially for, for that meeting the other day and, and and Envoy Allen's race in particular, it just gave you, And you know, Ruby is a, no better man to to run through a race and, and show you what a horse is doing, what a jockey's thinking. And mm-hmm. know, he was talking about, you know, the, the position that Jack Kennedy was in and, and the confidence he was able to ride him with as regards even his position, the way he sat on him, because he knows that Envoy Allen is so good on his feet. He doesn't have to move because the horse you know, with very, very little experience jumper fences will just sort himself out. And, you know, he's got the ability, he's got the petrol in the tank to do it. And, yeah, look, I mean, he he's won very well, so you can't say how, how much we learned the other day. But what we did learn is that he went, he was able to go around there in that sort of company in third gear. And on his feet, he's just exceptional. And, and, and to the eye, he, he's a pleasure to watch, isn't
1: he? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was super impressed. I expected to be, but... Even still, when you are you know, expecting a monster performance and then you see the ease and grace with which Envoy Allen uh, goes about his business, um, it's some sight, isn't it, Demar?
2: Ah, uh, like, I just can't stop swearing when I watch him. I just can't. <laughs> I, I just keep going off. Oh, fucking hell. And it, it's just every fence is... He finds... He finds every fence so easy when he kind of meets one a small bit wrong. He's smart enough to put himself right. He's aggressive over his fences without being reckless. So you don't even have that fear that, that you know, he's going to fall. Um, and then just his turn of pace. I mean, he's the kind of horse, Dean, that next season when he steps into open company. And obviously he won't go this route because. He's based in Ireland, but he you could see him replicate what Cato started that season by winning the you know, the Tingle Creek and then the King George and then the Gold Cup. Like he he just he seems to have he has a natural turn of pace. He jumps a fence like a champion chaser. He looks like he'll stay all day. Um, he does everything so easy that Keith Dunning and Gornetti keep saying that they have no idea how good this horse is. That's like Keith said in his piece this week that he worked the horse last week and it was to get the horse like properly fit and to really work him. And Keith said afterwards, when, he, when you bring him back in, um, you'd nearly ask someone, was this horse worked? If you didn't know, <laughs> because does. Yeah not a puff of air from him he just does everything so easy that they're all saying at home that he's he's achieved a massively high level of form so far but they have no idea whether or not um how high that, that, that this horse can go and we'll only find that out when he goes into open company but he's starting to look like like I'd love to see him against Shishkin, but I think he'd, he'd 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 kick any horse in training out of the way. And I just think he's he's an absolute superstar. And that's not a big statement to make, but he's just brilliant to have. He's great for racing, and we should be getting a bit of a marketing campaign behind this horse now because he's he's exactly what every sport needs, and every sport needs uh, a Leo Messi or a, a Roger Federer to to really bring a horse uh, a sport to the to the main point. And having someone like Envoy Allen is just huge for horse racing. He's just poetry in motion and uh, it's just massive. And I just, every time I watch him, I'm absolutely delighted. You'll never be able to get involved with him really because of his prices, but he's mm. just, he's a superstar.
1: You'd imagine one more run before uh, Cheltenham demo, wouldn't you?
2: Yeah. Yeah. You'd imagine so. And then um, obviously he'll go to punches down, but I'd love to see them kind of maybe tilt him at, I don't know, a champion chase, a punches down or a a punches down Gold cup, they won't, and you'd understand why. But you'd love to see maybe what you know what Nicky Henderson always does with his his best two mile chaser. He tends to step them up into open company at uh at down, like he's done with Altior, hmm. etc. Um, and Sprinter Sacre, And I'd love to see M. Allen do do something similar, but you'd completely understand why uh why Gordon yeah, would was- kind of want to mind him.
1: Yeah they won't need to do I mean like what is he 6 so it'd be 7 next it'd be 7 next year and then it'd be 8 going into a gold cup providing everything goes well up to that point then it can be 9 going for the the repeat like yeah. that's yeah. that's not the worst career trajectory to go for it looks like it's all in front of uh, Envoy Allen. now the honey, honeysuckle obviously sponsored by the race hour um uh, not officially is, um, <laughs> Not was, was, the, yeah, exactly, was the, with the winner of the Hatton's Grace again. And I got the impression, um, demo that, you know, that, yeah, I think it's pretty fair to say she wasn't 100% fully fit, but she still, um, used all her class. And, uh, I think she actually jumped a little bit better this time than, than perhaps I've seen in the past to, to put away some good horses as she should have done.
2: Yeah. She has a, she's, she has a brilliant turn of foot. Like, you know, she's, she's, she's the only horse in it that was kind of proven over two miles. And, um, and two and a half miles, really. Like the the rest of them are are three milers. And I thought what well, Rachel Blackmore did brilliant was after two out, she used that that turn of foot to kind of kick away from them. But saying that, honeysuckle wins her races like this. Anyway, it was only this race last year where she, where she obliterated them, and that was because that race was terrible. um she'd had a run as well going into it, hadn't she? I think. Yeah, but like. Yeah. But she's she idled at the end, and that's what she does. She did it in the mayor's hurdle, I'm convinced that if Ronald Pump had got to her, she would have went on again anyway. Um, mm-hmm. And it's just, it's what she does. And she's just brilliant. She's just an absolute superstar. Um, and those owners had another mayor at the weekend as well. They, they just, they don't seem to be able to not buy a very good mayor, which is a lovely habit to have. And, mm-hmm. um, and this, this one, honeysuckle, she's, she's the queen of them all. And, e, do or no do, Dean, um, I, she, she wins the mayor's hurdle again. If, if she's right,
1: if that's the way they go, yeah. I mean, I get the impression that they're going to stick to the 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 format they went last year, which means Irish Champion Hurdle, and I wouldn't fancy her in that at all against the likes of a Saintoire and stuff like that over two miles. So, um, we may still get a price on her for the Mayor's Hurdle after that,
2: <laughs> possibly. But I suppose if <laughs> Benny did the the bet to do at this current moment just to cover yourself off for everything is the Benny to do and honeysuckle. Uh, d- Double so, plenty to do for the mare's chase and honeysuckle for the the hurdle because if they do split, uh, you're not going to get anywhere near the the prices that you're currently getting, you know.
1: Yeah, and I imagine that is what they're going to end up doing. Uh, Paddy, talk to me about honeysuckle. I thought Rachel was very clever. And uh, Demma mentioned the spot in the race where she kind of m- m- went to use the pace to put the race to bed. And that was about two out. And, and, and it took that one move to kind of just make sure she'd get the job done.
0: Yeah, she you know, she was just that second when she was going with her choke out. And I mean, really, the mayor has, has taken Rachel there um before she wanted, you'd imagine. But nonetheless, she yeah. had to get going for home. There's no doubt. But I mean, if you look at, you know, the other day saying, oh, she, she, she only, only just held on. Ronald Pump was flashing home. Her last three races, Darver Starr beat him half a length. Benny the Dew, half a length. And then the other day, Ronald Pump, half a length. Yeah. She, she's getting a bit older. She's getting a bit cuter. And, and therefore, she'll, she'll stay around a bit longer. She'll last. I mean, there was two or three occasions last year. In that race last year, Bacardi's, she won by nine lengths prior to that. Easy game, 11 lengths. But, yeah. you know, generally, she is getting to the to the sort of stage in her career now where it's, the bare minimum, which for us, it's good because we're, she's going to be around a good bit longer, hopefully. Uh, but no, that was a good effort of the other day. Massive run by Ronald Pump. He didn't have find his gear from, from the back of the last. Very, very strong run. Um, but, you know, I think it, it, if they'd have gone on and round the bend, he probably still wouldn't have got past the Um
2: But yeah. re- real nice comeback. Very, very happy. And um, yeah. go on. And Dean, sorry, just on Ronald Pump, um, they were delighted with that. Keith Dunhill, Matthew Smith and everyone absolutely over the moon. Keith was naturally, as Paddy would understand, there's, there's no jockey that gets that close in a grade one and doesn't beat themselves up a small bit afterwards. But he said watching it back, kind of similar to Paddy and that I had he got to to Honeysuckle earlier, you know, she, she probably would have went on again. Um, but yeah. Ronald Pump has set himself up now beautifully for what is the uh, three-mile at Christmas against Sire de Burley. And there's every reason that a trainer like Matthew Smith, who's so underrated, he's a superb trainer. Every horse he gets, he, he seems to really max them out. And Ronald Pump has gone from winning handicap hurdles to second in the stayers last year. I think they'll ride him the kind of same hold-up style, but a bit more aggressively at the finish to, to, to make sure that he's closer. And I think over three miles at Christmas, he's, he's going to take the absolute world of stopping in that three-mile hurdle at Lepersand. Great.
1: Okay. And uh, for more on that, read uh, read up with uh, Keith on bookmakers.co.uk. Uh, we're through our review of all the weekend and uh, action over the last seven days. So when we come back after this break, we'll be looking at Aintree and Sandown this weekend with a bit of Punches Town thrown in, uh, of course, the John Durkin and, uh, and a few, uh, well, hopefully we'll find a few winners. Okay, we'll take a break here. You're listening to the Race
0: Hour podcast brought to you by bookmakers.co.uk. Check out bookmakers.co.uk each and every day for tips, news and the best odds for horse racing. Looking for a new bookmaker and the best sign-off offers in the industry? You'll find that at bookmakers.co.uk,
1: sponsors of the race hour. Hello and welcome back to The Race Hour, brought to you with our friends at bookmakers.co.uk. It's Paddy Aspel, Demond Nolan and myself, Dean Ryan. Uh, We're moving on now onto action from Aintree and Sandown over the weekend. Uh, we're going to kick off with the, the three-mile, two furlong Beecher, of course, at Aintree at 1.30. Uh, Kimberlake County will be hoping to go uh, one place better than last year and heads the mark at the moment. LeBroy is in there and jocked up for Ben and Keenan Woods has got a pretty handy ride there in that race. Um, we're not certain of the, the final field yet, Paddy, but uh, this is a race that always uh, opens the eyes for what's to come, isn't it? It's great to see that the national fence is getting
0: jumped. Yeah, it really is. I mean, obviously, we've got the, the specialist here, haven't we, you know, walk in the mill. I mean, he's he's 11-year-old mm-hmm. now, but he's been a credit to Connections, and he's got a real, real good record in this race. And I didn't think there was much wrong with his comeback effort, to be honest. I thought he looked like he was going to be well, well beat at one stage, but he's actually kept going reasonably well. It'd um, be interesting to see. Obviously, he's higher in the ratings again this year, but he's just got a real... Um, appetite for these fences and obviously you'd imagine his whole season just revolves around this this early date in December so obviously he's there with every chance but he does have a good bit more weight to carry as is the, the same sentiments for Kimber, like Candy, he's a very very low mileage type and I mean after finishing second to walk in the mill in this last year he absolutely smashed his rivals in a, a long distance chase at Warwick the next day but obviously the handicapper hasn't hasn't missed that, uh, so he's off a, yeah. a, a much higher mark now. But, you know, Richie McLernan has given a positive update about the horse and said he's looking forward to riding him. Um, I just thought maybe you had to maybe try and look for a little bit of value, maybe something that was uh, a little less exposed over these fences uh, more so than anything. I thought maybe one I might take a chance at at a price was Kustar Savola. For Nick yep. Williams, he, he's a yard who they've having a, been having a bit more luck lately. Very, very capable yard this. Um, and unfortunately, they've not been having a great time of late. But they had a winner, I think, down at Taunton the other day and a horse who looks like he, he'll go in again. But Kustar Savola, although comfortably held on his return run, he's going to have a lovely racing weight here of 10 stone four. And I thought maybe he was one to throw into the mix here but it's all about having a bit of luck on the day but that said I don't think it's going to be a massive field see whoever stands their ground really Um, but I thought maybe him at a big price Kustar-Civola down the bottom just to maybe reward each way punters
1: OK one for Nick Williams there with Kustar-Civola um, demo what did you make of the race? I mean there's plenty of old favourites in here and of course the one two from last year Um, solving it now uh, looks trickier than it might be on the day but have a go
2: um, yeah, this, this is a race where I think you just spit this into two columns and you have the horses that are going for the Grand National like uh, Kimberly Candy. I don't think it would be in his interest to win this race because he's on a mark of 153. I don't think you'd want to be a whole lot higher going into the, the Grand National. Mm. He'd be a horse that I would fancy to go very well in the Grand National. He, he stays, he loves these fences, and I just think he, he really could kind of trap around and whilst obviously we, we'll all be cheering for uh, for Tiger Hall, Kimberly Candy could could go very well. LeBry of 141, he should be getting into a national really, you'd think. Um, and whilst he's good. I'm not sure how good this horse is. I like Ku um Kusar Savola as well at the prices, uh, but just that, that that horse hasn't shown form now in a long time. But as Paddy said, if he did bounce back, my good god, he'd be very interesting. But um I'm gonna stick with the old by Walk in the mill. Um, I prefer to be on a horse for this race that is definitely targeted at it. Uh, one bookmaker has made a clear mistake because the rest of them are eleven to two, six to one, and one bookmaker is fifty to one at the moment. Uh, but I've imagine... seen that.
1: But yeah, that that's <laughs> surely that get that get, get you closed. And <laughs> that,
2: get yeah, if, if you hate your betting account, buy a, bet on that. But um, the the. 11-2, 6-1 to, two, six to one, about a horse who is jocked up, who um, has had his warm-up race, who this definitely is his target. He's £7 higher than last year, but he would be one of the only ones, I think, that that will definitely be aimed at it. Like I think the the likes of um, Ramsey Dutay and Kustar Savola are other ones that it will be in their interest to kind of win this. But kind of walk in the middle, just with his experience around here, how much that he loves the fences, um, I don't think the mark will affect him all that much. I, Seven pounds higher, but it's I think course experience completely preempts any weight increase. And um, Walk in the Mill would be one of my more confident selections for the weekend for a horse who will probably do all his winning. On this day and then kind of we'll see him next year again. Okay,
1: Um there were two I wanted to to mention in the race. Uh, give me a copper who is obviously very good fresh. Won that Badger House uh, Chase last year, coming in fresh. Uh, then let the side down after that. Ascon, we didn't see give me a copper again. I think the 146 uh, mark, we're oh, going to get to run off around 10 stone 13 if Yala like Enki runs also uh, in the Paul Nichols camp. Give me a copper must be must be interesting for races like this, especially fresh as a highlight. And the other one is Cross Park, who for Caroline Bailey has uh, been super unlucky not to pick up a nice pot already uh, this time, running behind present man and step back at Chepstow and Sandown respectively. And that one must have a good chance off around 10 stone 12. Uh, both of those horses are on the 12-1 to one mark. They'd be the ones that interest me. No jockeys on either. So I'd be waiting to see uh, which one lines up. But Cross Park and Give Me the Copper would be uh, would be ones that interest me. And uh, Dem, I think you make a good point. You know, winning this race could leave your Grand National chances in tatters for some of the uh, the more sexier types at the top of the market who uh, look like they're already going to be involved in a, in a Grand National. So uh, fascinating race. Uh, one I always look forward to. Hopefully we, we can find the winner of it as well. Uh, Dem, I'll come to you first on the... Um, on the novices chase, the grade one, because All Mankind um, you know, really looked the part the last day. Um, Hitman and G.A. Law, who I know Paddy's keen on, so I'll let Paddy talk about G.A. Law in a minute. Uh, all Mankind's going to head that market for the grade one, 150 at Sandow.
2: Yeah, um, All Mankind was brilliant last time. And obviously Zanza has completely backed up that form after um, and that was a brilliant performance from All Mankind. And as a four-year-old, you know, he gets the, the weight allowances. But the first three in the market are all four as well. Hitman was brilliant mm-hmm. last time. Gold has been brilliant. But I I know Elder Aldo Allen is giving away weight here. But I think his price is kind of wrong against All Mankind when you consider that Elder Allen beat Zanza two runs ago by, by further than that. And I know um, linear form doesn't quite work out all the time. But still... He kind of kicked that horse out of the way, Stormy Ireland in second. I know Stolen Silver didn't exactly back it up next time, but still the fort has has gone on since. And last time, I know Gumball was probably going a bit a bit better at that moment when the horse fell, but I still think that Elder Allen would have beaten him on that occasion. Um, And just with the experience that he brings into this, I think less can go wrong with him. And I know he has to give away, what is it, four, five pounds to all mankind. I think he's good enough to to do that and whilst all mankind could could well get into a rhythm here and completely dismiss them all which we've seen loads of times at Sandown, I think the elder Aldo Allen is just a, a bit smarter than his price is giving him credit for and at 11 to 2 i would be backing him to to give all of these rivals uh weight and and a beating
1: yeah okay um yeah i mean fair enough i mean Paddy, i'll come to you on on the henry the because like if fusa raffles hadn't pulled up the last day it did but if it hadn't, you'd have every single horse and it be coming in off a win. I mean, it's a seriously deep, grade one.
0: Very deep. Um, I couldn't believe it now when I was having a good look through it this morning that it's unfortunate that they all have to turn up against each other. And, and a rarity. Like I mentioned last week, in this country, that so many good horses early season are willing to take each other on. So it's fantastic. I hope as many as possible of the, the eight entries turn up. But you do know, like GLO. I just think, for a four-year-old, he showed great maturity, this horse, more so, you know, and he's jumping. You know, he's been, around, he's been around some big tracks, this GLO. And look, I do think on probably one, possibly two occasions, not so much he's picked up the pieces, but obviously he was ridden for the bit of experience Um, and it's turned out that he's come out on the right side. But at Wynne Canton the last day, you really couldn't pick any holes in it at all. I know it was only three-runner affair, but he was so good on his feet. He was a pleasure to watch, and, you know, they, they they popped him out on the front end, and he got the job done very, very nicely. Um, he's still progressing. I see Gavin Sheen is chopped up, so, you know, the, yep. the, it looks like they're going to go. But uh, Eldorado Allen, seeing Joe, Joe Tizard, listen to him on at the races, on, on the getting thing that are nice, he says that this is possibly one of the best two-mile novice chasers they've ever had, uh, even as regards pace. He doesn't look he's like he's all about pace, but that's sort of what... Yeah what Joe says, um, very, very deep race, All Mankind, Harry Skelton, he says he's much more grown up now, he's rising five-year-old, he's really improved for racing, and he looks a lot more manageable now All Mankind, he's not just, you know, a one-trick pony where he's got to go a million on the front end, he looks like mentally he's grown up a bit, but yeah, this is red red hot, I'd go up my heart here again and stick with GLO, but Obviously it's as big as ass to date, but he's not let connections down uh, so far. And it'd be interesting to see how we uh, how he shapes on Saturday.
1: Yep. Um really agree. I mean you can make a case for many, many of them, and you can even forgive fuzo Raffles and make a case for that one off the back of a, you know, a no show the last day. Um Tambarok de Matan impressed me wildly at Wincanton on its first start back this year. Another one to have had the the wind surgery uh, with Paul Nichols and that's that's not unusual. But uh, some of the, the form uh, before that, if you go back to last season in behind Master Debonair and ran really well behind Pete Doherty at Newbury um, in hot races. I think Tamarac de Matan as a five-year-old um, should not be underestimated just yet. And I'd be interested to take a view, especially if eight runners line up, I'd be I'd be with Tamarac de Matan at a price. I think uh, no jockeys on the Nichols runners yet, Hitman or uh, Tamarac de Matan. So we'll see what lines up there. But that looks like a fascinating renewal of the Henry VIII. Really looking forward to that at Sandown. We'll skip back over to um, Aintree. And Paddy, I'll come to you first on the juvenile hurdle. There isn't a lot to work with here. It looks like Megan uh, will be a warm order, though, for uh, an unheralded yard. And Stuart Edmonds and and Sam Twiston already booked up.
0: Yeah, I mean, it was actually interesting, wasn't it? This was the first time uh, this horse was ever seen out on a race course when he popped up on debut but nonetheless um, although it was only Leicester got the job done very very nicely I didn't think he'd be pitched in for this race as short as what he is or she is should I say mm-hmm. at the yeah. minute Uh, but you know at least she is in against her own sex here but you know I thought there was one or two others. obviously Scholastic has got the experience and John Dr. Jr. is jocked up and I mean that run behind Duffelcoat is a bit of a standout and I mean the thing about Scholastic is she's got plenty of match practice we know she takes a race and well. I mean, she's also won two races on the flat uh in twenty twenty, so won't sort of lack for match experience, but the that sort of leaves the, the, the room for, for an unexposed improver um to get the better of that one. I thought there was one or two others that I noticed down uh to be honest with me, obviously Iconic has got plenty of experience A mark of one two eight. uh but I thought maybe the dark one here was five and twenty for Donald McCain. This was a very, very nice filly that he picked up of Mark Johnson's. Very, very tough, uh, free going, but this is a filly who really sees it, seen it trip out well on the level and came out on the right side of one or two nip and took battles on the flat. Brian Hughes is jocked up. So this one's good and hardy and tough, and, and, and although it does lack the experience of, of some of the other more fancied ones in here, I certainly don't think lacks in ability, and, and uh, if her jumping is up to scratch... She could be one there to price for me 5 and 20.
1: Yeah, looks an interesting flat recruit that for the McCain yard. Brian Hughes, as you say, already uh, dropped up. Uh, others to be dropped up include her Doors on, on Debbie for Alan King. Uh, Keelan Woods <clears throat> is on Hiconic And uh, John Joe O'Neill Jr., as you mentioned, for for Joseph O'Brien, if if Scholastic does come over. Dermot, did you have a view?
2: Um, yeah, I thought... Uh... Scholastic, as well, not a race to be absolutely uh, flying into. But John John Neal Jr. jocked up already. That was a big run behind uh, Quilliox as well. Um, absolutely huge run. So, uh, mm. a third last, and you can forgive that, just has the experience over these. Megan, the favourite, like she beat uh, she beat one of the re opposing horses here um, High Moon Flyer, who's 33 to 1. So, while well, she was impressive, 5 to 4 looks looks very short. And a horse like Scholastic, who's, who has a lot more experience and has been running in a lot more hotter races will be the the, the kind of one that I'd be back in here
1: okay um yeah a race probably to to keep an eye on obviously rather than maybe take a view unless uh, a few dogs will be barking for a few of these though at the weekend so we will see some uh, some market action in there I'd have no doubt about that um why don't we kick off with uh, the champion chase uh winner of 2021 uh, Altior, he's going to run the Tingle Creek demo have I been a little bit presumptive there
2: uh you are. I mean he's ten going he's ten going on eleven now. <laughs> it's it's gonna have to be a, a sprinter sacra story, but look, he's in the right place to uh to do that. Uh, do you know what?
1: It's not a sprinter sacra story because Altior never really went away. He just got beat kind of half fit behind surname, who's been proved to be super, super good. So Yeah, yeah
2: but he's so also he's still to come and beat Altior at this trip and we ain't found one yet. He's missed here or there. We'll we'll know it's December now properly, Dean. If there's an old drift on uh, on Betfair <laughs> and we see a Nicky Henderson blog pop up that, that he wasn't quite right, he, he's not going to yeah, make it yeah. the day. But, We're not going to um, get any
1: of that. We're not going to get any of that.
2: <laughs> Algeour has missed a bit, but look, he's still the the best horse in the race. Um, I would not dare back against him, but if the field turns up like it is now and it's kind of good to soft ground, uh, the without market here w- – would be very interesting. This would be a cracking a betting heat if Altior wasn't there. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, Rouge Viff would be one that I'd be backing into without market. I, I just think, uh, as has been pointed out by Paddy and Stephen Cass on this podcast in the past, that this horse needs better ground to jump out of if the kind of good to soft, which is there at the moment, uh, holds up. Um, and I'm not getting into any weather predictions, so we'll uh, we'll wait and find out if it does hold up. I think Rouge Viff would be the best in and without market, um, I'm not convinced on Grenatine and uh, politolog. I think he'll be slowly but surely trained, uh, back towards, Cheltenham once again. So Roosevelt, he's coming into this absolutely hard fit, and uh, he'd be the one to kind of to chase home Altior. I just think there's too many question marks over Altior to back him, but he's too much quality to back against him. So I'm happy to kind of to set out the the main market. Then.
1: Yeah, okay. I mean, Dermo, you make a great point in that. We take Altior out this race; it'd be some betting heat because uh, they're a fascinating bunch in behind. But they are in behind for a reason, Paddy.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's four to one to field, isn't it? After after Altior, mm. but um, and like Dermo says, there you you would imagine they've got the foot pack at the ready for Altior's sore foot wanted during the week <laughs> to, to see if they can get a bit more value out of them. Um, but, <laughs> Yeah it's it's always interesting how 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 the market plays out but this is red hot to be honest and interesting to see i mean um there's only three not jocked up my end um so hopefully we're going to have a reasonable field to be honest um Rouge Viv I am a fan of um obviously I hope the ground stays pretty reasonable for him Gavin Sheehan is up, and as we, we we've seen, Harry Skelton is going to be reunited again with with who He's got a he's got a good record with um, Esprit de Largue, It's just not happened for him. I think since he fell in um, he fell last year behind. Put the kettle on. I think he, the the poor devil his jumping has just really taken a knock, and it's not happened for him since. Even the other day, he was he was better, but nowhere near. Yeah. Uh, you know, he won on this card last year. He looked very progressive, but. And the wheels have yet to go back on that job. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think it's just trying to find a bit of value in behind Altior. And vif might be it for me, but I, I think he's a very, very solid favourite. Please God, as long as the, 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 the foot pack isn't produced and he turns up, um, it's 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 Altior's to to, to win this again for me.
1: Yeah, uh, I'm hoping to see um, the the usual Altior uh, demolition job, and then it all look like it's going to go wrong towards the last, and then Altior just put, kick the turbos in because that's what Altior does, and I'd I'd love to see that. I don't also think that he's too over raced to be uh, to be the, the the main player in in the champion chase this year, and I think connections. Um what they are saying at the minute is that, you know, the horse is frightening everyone over his fences. And that's that's always that's always a good sign uh, with them. But I mean, Grantine, a good winner of the Holden Cup. Politolog, obviously a champion chase winner now at South. Rouge Vif, brewing up a storm is entered, or they're not jocked up. First flow is remarkably jocked up with David Bass after beating Amula Gold in that handicap. Uh, just two weeks ago. So I think that's an interesting bit of placement from Kim Bailey. And you mentioned um, Esprit de L'Arge and Castle Grace. Uh, Paddy is also lined up in there. Hopefully they all turn up because that'll give out your, uh, something to do properly. Uh, you'd hope a few of them won't run scared and they shouldn't do at this stage. So uh, a fascinating renewal of the Betfair Tingle Creek. That's at Sandown 225. Uh, back over to Aintree. Uh, Dermot, I can only start with you because one of your favourite horses in the world is running and it's Santini. Jerry McGrath is going to get the ride in the Many Clouds chase.
2: Uh yeah, Jeremiah McGrath getting the ride right obviously wouldn't concern anybody as it shouldn't. He's a fine jockey, but as well as that, he's won on Santini before as well. So it's uh yep. that's that's all good. If he turns up on the day and he's eleven to eight again, I'm just scared of an old UniBet blog coming out and <laughs> something being wrong with Santini. That's that's why <laughs> I, would, I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't get involved too early. But um, Santini at eleven to eight, he he's just. Like it's a cracking price. He's had his kind of whatever his day out with the stars at, at Newbury. Um and in my mind he should have been targeted at something uh something a bit kind of better earlier on in the season. But still this is a grade two. It's there to be won. His comeback run last season wasn't fantastic, but it was a bit earlier than this. I'd say there's a lot more work gone into him and Native River, Frodon, Al Dancer, Lakeview Lad, none of these horses can hold a, a candle to him. Um eleven to eight. If he was anything like that on the day, I would be all over him. Um, as good as Native River is, um, he's been he's been waning over the last few years. Secret Investor got far too close to him last year. Um, he could be hard fit for this and he could pose a bit of a problem. But Santini, you're talking about a proper Gold Cup contender, a horse who, with a few more strides last year, would have won that Gold Cup, in, in my opinion. And um, I just think he, he should be far too good for this lot. too.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm very surprised we're not seeing odds on about Santini because Native River, Paddy will attest to this, needs those blinkers to go back on again, I'd imagine, to fire Fit and First uh, time up. And they kind of shot the shot the gates out by doing it when it beat Black Court last year and then just did enough with them on when it beat Secret Investor. So I'm not seeing them here, um, Assuming what I can see is that there'll be no blinkers on Native River, I wouldn't think uh, he'll be on his A game now at ten years old. rising Eleven Froden should set this up ideally for a horse like Santini, which will really help. Our uh, dancer was going to go for a handicap somewhere else. Can't see that um, lining up here. Uh, Late View Nad Manila Celebration Pim who let the side down just last week in the rehearsal chase and uh, and Keeper Hill um, Santini should be odds on. That's my view, Paddy.
0: Yeah, he's a class horse in the race, isn't he? Um, I mean, he's rated. It's not like he's an absolute mild clear on ratings. I mean, Frodon is 169. Um, But, you know, he's ultra talented, isn't he, Santini? I do think he's got a little bit of a soft underbelly Um, for me, but, you know, very, very talented, there's no doubt. Have you heard any chat that they're not going to put the Blinkers on Nader River?
1: I, I just don't see them here. They'd be here, wouldn't they? Or do we have to wait for the, the decks? They had them on the last two runs last year, and you were keen, Paddy, to say that, you know, that when they do do it, it's going to
0: work, and it worked. And then they would just carried on. Then we yeah, never they, see them again after February. They they won't appear in the thing on, until they do decks. Um, but, yeah, obviously, they put them in in this race last year. But then, obviously, because my bite went very early, mm. it was, like I always said, it, it, it was a waste of a bullet because he, he didn't need them. Um, but there's no doubt they certainly did sharpen him up I mean I think they were they're probably three years too late with them Um, but nonetheless <laughs> yeah um, nonetheless they, they certainly did help him and you know obviously he runs this track well Native River uh, Manila Celebration he's a horse who's got plenty to do with the weights but this is a horse for a 10 year old who absolutely loves it round Injury. He's been a real flag bearer for Katie Price, so he'd be absolutely no back number. But I would say just to pick up a bit of small money, so keep him in mind for each way. But I'm hoping that Santini just sort of is fit and ready to go. And and like dermo says, there's no there's no blog worries, and he doesn't uh, he doesn't stand on the same nail as Altior, and that he turns up because if he does, take a bit of beating here. I would hope.
1: Yeah, I would think so. Uh, we're gonna have to coin that phrase, the blog worries. I think. Yeah, um, yeah. Waiting for, the, waiting for the blog worries to come out. Um, <laughs> yeah. <so. laughs> uh, the, that's the many clouds chase. Uh, Santini currently 11 08, 5 2 Native River. Uh, 7 2 seems the best around for Frodon. And it's hard to know uh, which ones of the other ones would take them on. it could be two or three runners uh, in that race at Aintree. On Saturday, that's at 240. Why don't we move back over to um, Sandown? Um, we've got the um, the London National Handicap Chase, Class 2. Over another marathon trip on the day, of course, and uh, well, a fascinating race. This a couple of these dual entered in the beach. The likes of uh, Give Me a Copper and Cross Park, who I'd be keen on again here, and um, Paddy, as I mentioned them over there, and Pobbles Bay, who uh, had a bit of a soft seat a couple of weeks ago, uh, ran on without the jockey. And uh, Stephen Castle, like that, that's always a positive <laughs> um, to go and, to go and win the contest. So, Paddy, I'll come to you first on the on the on the London National.
0: Yeah. Um... Like you say, that's where your man's got the other entry, isn't it? Give me a copper. But he's not chucked up yeah. at either entry. He's got eleven stone in here yeah. as well. Um, so you don't really know. Um the horse I fancy is Cloudy Glenn. He's only yep. seven year old, but similar story again. No jockey down, whether whether that can mean anything yet, yeah, I don't know. But I don't think if he has... So he's got an interest... Oh, no, that's, that's further down the line. He's, he's in the Western National. Um, But I just thought the way he won... Well, not so much the way he won, but the way he travelled around the other day in the Sussex National. I yeah. Mean, he had 11 stone nine on his back. But, I mean, Charlie Deutsch just had so much horse underneath him the whole way. And, I mean, he absolutely booted away from the back of the last. He won by 13 lengths with, with, with plenty of weight on his back. He has run well. At this track in the past, and you know for a horse of his years, he certainly hasn't been over raced um and so even though he's seven, I think he's still on the progress here um I hope he does run. I think this is right up his street. he has proved he's a good weight carrier here, and I mean, just looking down to the rest of him, I think it'll be a well run race I think jersey beans in there he he should go from the front. We've got you, or Shanro Santos. He's very frustrating of late, but he loves it round here, Shanro Santos. And if he doesn't tail himself off, if he's anywhere near in the mix by the time they've popped the railway fences, one thing's for sure is once he gets turned in and he sees he's heading for the stables, he'll come up that hill, Shanro Santos. That's for sure. So um, he's probably one more for the in-running punters if he if if he's within a couple of acres of them turning in. But now for me, I'll be with Vinicius Cloudy Glenn here.
1: Okay, Cloud again, the, the right favourite, according to Paddy. I mean, that performance of Funtwell was was very uh, taking. And Venetia Jard, it's their time of year, obviously, Dermo. Would you be rowing
2: in with the favourite as well? Uh, no, I quite like uh, Deesha Abba if he runs here. Uh, this is a horse that that's, uh, was discussed plenty in the podcast on the lead up to Cheltenham last year. And he actually beat uh, Cloudy Glenn last year by three and a half lengths. Doesn't come off that um, all that much worse. At the weights on this occasion, yeah. and after that run was a brilliant fifth in the uh, Kim Weir behind uh, Walla Native, and that that Kim Weir, I, I mean, Clock Cap finished behind him that day, and you know you have got the the likes of Lebroy finished behind him that day as well. So that was a huge run. I just don't think that he enjoyed the hill all that much, and uh, he might have actually even wanted further in the end. So three mile five here, if he does run, the Hobbs horses are are showing a bit more light, obviously than than they were. And Disha um, It was Dishabba, very
1: disappointing at Haydock there two weeks ago where it just didn't seem to run his race. And a couple of Hobbs' horses are doing this because Disha would definitely be on my list for that race. And if they do run and that's a sign of them being in good order um, or they can't work out exactly what happened at Haydock, then you'd give them a squeak. You'd have to.
2: That's it. And that that also screamed uh, of a certain kind of warm-up to, to, mm. to, to this potentially and as well as that he was far from the only horse that day who, who couldn't go on, on those uh, those conditions. Um, yeah. An awful lot pulled up throughout, throughout the whole day. It was horrific conditions there. And when you look through this horse, um, he won a sand down on soft last year, won a catrick on on good to soft. Uh, most of his running and wins are on kind of softer better. So the heavy ground could simply have caught him out on that occasion. There's no guarantee that he will turn up. But if he does, I think he's an absolutely cracking bet for something like this this season, he's only seven, he's off a mark of 140, he's definitely still improving and uh D'Shaba is one to follow for this, but if he doesn't run he's one to follow next time out anyway Yeah, I think there's a big staying
1: pot in that horse this season too, I'd echo that, uh, Philip Hobbs D'Shaba in the three o'clock at Sandown and Paddy likes uh, Cloud again to back up that Fontwell uh, national win uh, which was three weeks ago um, so that's the sand down three o'clock. Okay, Demi, you go first on the uh, Sefton. Um, I know it's a race that you, you'll enjoy. Um, not easy to solve, though.
2: Oh God, no, no. This the, uh, this is much worse than the uh, than the Beecher because they're all kind of uh, of a similar enough ability. The one I'd love to see running at Dean is Mike Bice. Um yeah. I just think he could go off a big price on the day, and like that was that was a that was a good showing last time behind uh, Regal Encore. He looked like yep. he was really starting to get back into the fun of things. The the cross-country experiment didn't quite work out, but he looked finally like he was really starting to get back into the mode of um, Mad Bastard Loves loves What He's Doing mode. And he's down to a mark of 150 now. Nicky Henderson is persevering with him. He doesn't owe them anything. And of a mark of, of, a mark of 150, a 20 to one, I would love if that horse did show up here. And then the other one that I taught who's also a big price uh what is jocked up is um is dingo dollar who's um who's built for for races like this um, he he possibly wants a bit further but his jumping will will kind of get him away with it he's um he's definitely disimproved but when you look at the likes of of a fifth last year at in the in the hennessy uh behind the the rasher counter and you kind of go back to his form he's got some very smart form and um a mark of 140 for a horse who is as good as him just looks rather rather light he had his um his comeback run last time that was a poor run but you kind of forgive that he went off at 11 to 1 and he's a better horse than that so at 20 to 1 here the ancient fences have brought many a horse back to to life again and this horse he's only 8 years old and um I've always loved the way that that, that he jumps the fence when he does get them right so Dingo Dollar will be the one who who will be running, it seems, for all intents and purposes. But I think Mike Bike could be one of the old warriors this season. We've seen a few of them so far who could just all of a sudden step back into form, you know?
1: Yeah, I'd love to see that. And like you say, entry can can light up old boys. And uh, Mike Bike could be, well, 150. I mean, if he does run anything like his uh, previous best, he wins. And uh, that would be a good price to do so. So that would be fascinating. The other one I quite liked in the race was Huntsman's son, who uh, beat two for gold. On first out back there at Weatherby and thought it was ultra impressive, but the handicapper took serious note of it up to 148 from 139. Uh, Keenan Woods is dropped up for Alex Hales, and um, rightly it's uh, somewhere near the top of the market. Modus is the favourite there, though, with John Joe O'Neill Jr. booked up for Paul Nichols. Uh, the Sefton, Paddy?
0: Yeah, Modus, he absolutely <clears throat> kicked him out of the park the last day. Um, mm. I mean, obviously. He has got a good old hike in the weights for that, but that was a real good effort. John Joe is jocked up again. Um, yeah, that was off a mark of one four two. But I mean, if you look back, this horse had a massive run. I thought in the Galway Plate, um, because you know what it's yeah. like—it's it, it, carnage, isn't it, the Galway Plate? And you know, mid div, he had a horrible old passage round, and in the end, he was only beaten ten lengths. Uh, I thought it was a hellish good run, to be fair, but the, just looking at the way the race panned out. And to be fair, he backed that up the last day and uh, that was a good effort. But he has got more to do. There was one or two others I liked here. I thought it looked like there was a few quid around for Alan King's senior citizen. He's only a seven-year-old. Tom, Tom Bellamy who's riding stacks of winners for Alan King. Now, he's really starting to look in the mould of Chuck Thornton, uh, Tom Bellamy, not just because he wears the red gloves, but, you know, he looks like he's pulled his old jerks up a bit. Very, very smart, tidy rider. And he's having a lot more look for the art of late than uh, uh, than what Tom Cannon is. Wouldn't mm-hmm. surprise me. I did say last year that I thought thing he would, had, had the job there unofficially. But I think if things keep going the way they are, that could be Alan King's first jockey next year. That's just mm-hmm. a, a bit of a side note. But he's a lad who's riding with plenty of confidence. Yeah, and Like I say, he is jocked up on Senior Citizen. Lovely race weight, ways, 10 stone 5. He could be a horse who's still on the improve, just his sixth start over fences.
1: Okay, a uh, big shout for Senior Citizen. Tom Bellamy is dropped up for Alan King. And, of course, Modus, who did kick them all out the way at Aintree last day. That looked a strong race as well. John Joe O'Neill Jr. keeps the ride there for Paul Nichols. Um, That's the Sefton. I mean, it's a fascinating card at Aintree when you get to go back over these... Uh, National fence is always really good to watch. There is another race we're going to catch up with um, on Saturday, which is the um, the listed handicap hurdle at Sandown. If anyone was listening to the podcast um, last weekend when Nicholson was dropped up, uh, you heard all you need to know from Stephen Cass that this is a horse to keep on side. Oli Murphy has Nicholson entered up in this listed race uh, currently around 10 to one and rather than repeat his homework, um, you know, it's, it's a, it's a horse fancy to go places this season. So Nicholson would be interesting there. And do we give Solo another yeah. chance there, Manolan?
2: Um, Solo wasn't a horse that I am absolutely was ever cracked about anyway. Um, and a mark of 147. Look, he could be seriously, seriously well handicapped. I, I wouldn't put anyone particularly off him, but I'm just not sure how good a horse he actually is. And uh, the one I quite fancy here is uh, Benson of 127. Mm. I mean, when you watch back that run last year on the 1st of February at Sandown um, on heavy ground, but he's won on good to firm and, and good to soft uh, this season. He was 6-6 to 1. It just seemed a mental entry to put him in against uh, and in the uh, contender's hurdle, like like to, to step him out of novice company. But he came to the last with every chance, travelling so well. And then he just unseated the rider. Uh, sorry, uh, two out. But he was travelling so well; it was absolutely crazy for a 6-6 six, six to one shot. I just noted him afterwards, and his run at Kempton in February, he went out like a light. He's had a wind surgery since, and he's had two quite enough runs at Hereford. Um, he won them both, but obviously, uh, the the pace both times wasn't great, and he he won his maiden hurdle by half a length, beating Caddy Hill. who he wouldn't be writing home about and then last time won by half a length again to a distant place but again was kind of had to be shuffled along a race like this where the pace is going to be crazy and this horse who's crazy himself can't properly think about kind of running out and everything else he has bags of ability as he's shown I mean to get that close at that point to Keita Stan um shows an awful lot and a 10 to 1 Benson of a mark of 127, he could be the best handicapped horse in training. But it's up to this horse whether or not he feels like he fancies doing it. So, of course, there's there's massive risks involved. But the yard themselves, Dr. Richard Newlands, he's having a great time of it as well. I mean, he's had two winners now over the last two weeks in a whole host of places. So, it's very interesting that, that Benson comes back to Sandown where he's ran a huge race in a better race than this before. And he runs here off 127. Um, I just think he's 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 thrown in potentially. He could run out, but at a, <laughs> a ten to one of 127d, I think he's a cracking bet.
1: Yeah, great case made. Uh, Benson for demo is jocked up with David Bass uh, for Dr. Richard Newland in that 335 at Sandown Paddy. I think
0: <clears throat> I love Dermot's assessment there. That's his only, <laughs> only danger if he can keep him between the
2: wings.
1: <laughs> the only thing that beats him is himself. <laughs> Yeah. they're the ones they're the ones you want to back uh,
2: yeah they are definitely <laughs> <don't ever laughs> um,
0: but the one thing Dermot makes a great point in the fact that this is going to be a well run race now if you watch Mr. Coffee the last day he was very very hot by the time he got to the start they set off very very steady he was rank keen I mean far too keen fair play to Nico he managed to keep the anchor down on him and even in bad ground, around a stiff track, he still managed to get the job done. Obviously, he, he's a bit like the horse Dino talks about Benson. He can be his own worst enemy, but serious engine in there with Mr. Coffey. And in handicaps, he's still operating off a very reasonable mark. And if the race is going to be run to suit, where it wasn't the last day and he still managed to win, um, I think Mr. Coffey, he's a very, very talented horse.
1: Okay. Mr. Coffee then would be uh, your selection there, Paddy. And uh, and I'm going to throw Nicholson into the mix. And there's going to be supporters out there for, you know, previous Cheltenham Festival winner, Eglatine Desoy, and of course Solo, who's still on the retrieval mission after getting that ridiculous rating and uh, <coughs> winning the Adonis and uh, and then running down the field in the Triumph and then running behind So Royal when counting this time. So... Uh, questions to be answered there. Fascinating race to wrap up proceedings at Sandown on Saturday. Should we talk about the John Durkin at Punchestown? Uh, we don't know exactly what's going to line up uh, demo, but it looks hot. I mean, there's 11 there at the minute. I'm assuming 11 won't run, but like of Alahoe, Battle Over, Doyen, Shackampool, Poussoir, Chris's Dream, the Riesberg, Melon, Min, Mortal, Sam Crow, Tornado Flyer, and Two Me. Looks, it
2: looks an absolute cracker. Um, at Cork, though, as well, you have the big uh, the Hillyway way chase there as well. So a lot yeah. of these are entered that as well. The one thing I will never figure out is why the hilly chase has to be on this weekend. Uh, yeah, why, why we cannot have horses go for the Tingle Creek and put this on in two weeks time. So that let's say Castle Grace Paddy does go for the Tingle Creek. Something goes wrong. He's able to, to run in this race then afterwards. I, I just don't okay. understand why a two mile chase, which we don't have loads of them. Why, why this, this weekend just can't be moved. Um, to a different one, it just makes no sense to me at all from a fixture planning point of view. But, but, but that's a separate point, obviously. Um, runners, it's impossible to know who's who's actually going. Um, the one I'd be backing for this is uh, Battle Over Dying. If he runs, I thought it was a monstrous performance last time when when all Gordon's Elliot's horses were were needing their runs. He he rather kick Sam Crow out of the way on that occasion and and beat a race fit horse of um of Willie Mullins. An easy game as well. Who himself was impressive before that when beating uh, the storyteller. So Ball over form franks up, and they've also figured out this horse that whilst he's massive. He doesn't want to to be a stayer. So I think Ball over could be a decent price for that. Um, and just to move on to to, to the other races, Dean. Um, just hmm. uh, on Saturday at um, at Navan in the. In the 108, which is the handicap hurdle, uh, three and a half miles, uh, I think the boss's Oscar is a cracking bet um, of 137. He doesn't go up at all for that run last time. He was a massive eye-catcher, as we all know, at Cheltenham in the Martin Pike. To, to come from where he came from, Dean, and to lose by three and three quarters lengths, as you know, was a monstrous. And yeah. uh, to win last time when all of Gordon Elliott's horses were were needing their run. And he runs here of, of 137. I think he'll win this if he runs. I think he'll finish fourth or fifth in a pretence trial. And then I think he'll win the pre at at Cheltenham next year as well. And uh, I was delighted on off the ball, Keith Dunhu pretty much gave the exact uh, assessment as that as well. And um, this horse is very good. He's a very good handicapper. He's not a listed class or a, a graded class horse, but uh, the boss is Oscar in the 108 on Saturday. He's your number eight there. I think he'll be a cracking bet there.
1: Lovely. I mean, you, I can't think of the boss of Costco without re, re, just almost revisiting that whole start at Cheltenham when I realised everything was done up in smoke and then watching weave all his way through and, and nearly bring it all back to life. So, uh, yeah, a uh, huge eye catcher, as you say. And, uh, Probably a big season ahead. Uh, all roads lead to the Temps eventually. Uh, Paddy, I mean, it's great that we're going to see these horses out uh, over the weekend now, and it's just hard to know exactly what's going to go where. I'm really excited to see Shaquan Porsoir again, assuming it probably going in the hilly way. Uh, was there any other races you wanted to mention over the weekend
0: before we get to a nap? Uh, well, no, just looking at the at the John Durkin, do you reckon they're yeah. going to cut up badly or not?
1: I'd say so. I mean, a good few of them will turn up at Cork for sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, so, likely squad's so going to
0: take the shorter trip anyway. Yeah, Town have got four in it, haven't they? Um, mm-hmm. It'd be interesting to see um, Noreishburg again. I don't know what the issue was with him, but God, he's very, very talented. Um, yeah, good to get him started again. I mean, obviously, Maney's won the last two runnings, hasn't he? And got such a good record round Punchestown, just incredible. But yeah, very, yeah. very strong lineup. And as I always echo, fantastic that these Irish boys will turn up every weekend and take each other on with these good horses.
1: Yeah, and uh, I mean, you mentioned that probably one of the more interesting ones to see back in the entries is Laishberg, isn't it? Because uh, prior to you know not going at Cheltenham in in 2020, uh, sorry 2019, and then uh, this year, you know, was on the top of everyone's lips to be you know Champion Chase of the future and, and a proper proper horse. So it'd be good to see that one back for Joseph O'Brien. Okay, let's do naps. Uh, Dermo, why don't you kick us off with your uh, nap of the weekend?
2: Uh, if the boss Oscar runs, he will be my my nap of the weekend, and if he doesn't run, uh, I will be going with um, I'll go for the old boy, uh, walk the mill in the uh, beater chase, okay? Thank you very much, uh,
0: Paddy. Yeah, unfortunately, my nap for that for the French first, um, Nichols never declared him last week, so I had no no nap to run. Um, obviously, this week I really do like this, this uh, Mr. Coffee at Sandown yeah. But same thing, you know. As long as long as he's declared, he doesn't look to have any other options. But both him and Ga Law would be my bets at the weekend. But obviously, we're, we're sort of a little bit of hostage to see what what gets declared. But I, I would definitely be very strong with the Henderson horse in that listed handicap hurdle if he gets declared.
1: Yeah, Mister Coffee, that one in the three thirty-five at Sandown. On Saturday, um, I'll be doing the Altior Santini double. Hardly inventive, but I think uh, I, I, I think they both go about their business and do it in good fashion, and actually potentially value there. Uh, Tamarok de Matan is the horse I'm definitely going to play if it runs this weekend in that henry the uh, certainly if there's eight runners i think it's a, a knock in each way bet for paul nichols not dropped mm-hmm. up yet though as we know that's the 150 um okay thank you very much paddy and dermo you've been listening to the race hour podcast brought to you with our friends at bookmakers.co.uk and we'll be back to do it all again next week take care you've been listening to the race hour brought to you by bookmakers.co.uk your best bet for tips news and bookmaker reviews